Outlet Liquor is your place to buy a case. Stock up and save when you shop the lowest prices available every day at Outlet Liquor. You never have to wait for a sale. The more you buy, the more you save. Only at Outlet Liquor. What's your outlet? Folks, it's time for Trainwreck tonight, 2-24, on a beautiful Victory Monday here in Buffalo, New York, after a beatdown of the New York Jets, 45-17. What happens when you beat the Jets that bad? You bring on Warlock as a big special guest, talking bills and the upcoming schedule. We might have Rob Ryan. Is he going to answer about his Jets? Hopefully talking some UV football and basketball as well. And this show is sponsored by Picasso's Pizza and Outlet Liquor. Let's go. You don't stop, you don't stop, you don't stop. You don't stop. Follow me into the great unknown Where pink flamingos grow Diet soda flows and what you take Magically regenerates On supermarket shelves The ovens clean themselves You don't pay the tab till the last drop So we don't ride for nothing Cause this train never stops Folks, here we go. Episode train wreck tonight, 224. Outlet liquor, Picasso's pizza. I'm fired up. It's Victory Monday. We got Maniac with us tonight. We got Warlock, and we're talking uh, Bill's big victory, like I said, 45 to 17. Maniac and Warlock, where are you guys at? We are here reporting for duty. Victory Monday, baby. What's up? What's up, fellas? Thanks for having me on. That's a, that's a nice intro. I like it. Good seeing you, Warlock. It's been a while. Yeah, I know. It's been too long. Glad too- to be on. How you feeling after that big dub yesterday? I'm feeling marvelous, brother. Big dub for sure. Uh, last week, a week ago, I had uh, took I had took my family to Jacksonville, and it was actually uh, my daughter's first game. And we go there, the Bills don't score a touchdown. And she was real. She was depressed after the game. She said, uh, she said, Daddy, I didn't enjoy that game. I don't want to go to another one. So I'm like, no, baby, it's not always like that. I wish I had brought her with me to New Jersey so she can see us actually score touchdowns and look like the Buffalo Bills squad we're supposed to look like. So, Warlock, how do you think that happens? How do you pull off that performance of the Jets and can't score a touchdown for your daughter? First 
Yeah, that's a good question. But, I mean, I know it's an old cliche, but it definitely starts with the O-line. And in Jacksonville, you know, Josh didn't have any time at all, man. Like, everything yeah. was getting, you know, blown up. The O-line, that was probably one of their worst performances in a long time. So, you know, the quarterback, I think he got, you know, happy feet from getting hit so much. You know, they were just, you know, they were actually getting to us with a four-man four rush. It was kind of crazy, but yeah. – you know, I'm I'm glad I'm glad they made the adjustments that needed to be made. Oh, the Jaguars, it was embarrassing what they were doing to the Bills front. And I mean, I think the biggest thing that everyone realized right away that a lot of the people who analyzed the film and were kind of looking at it on social media this last week, Spencer Brown and Dawson Knox. I mean, we've loved the touchdown production from Knox, but him and Brown on that outside kind of giving a little bit of security, giving a little bit of stability to that offensive line. And it was really impressive what they were able to do. And it was a whole new Josh back there versus the Jets. Now I get that the Jets defensive front isn't the Jacksonville one, but it looked like a whole new team, Warlock. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm I'm so I'm I'm so glad we got those guys back. I hope they never leave the lineup again, you know, getting Spencer Brown back, allow Darrell Williams to kick inside the guard, you know, get Cordy uh, Cody Glenn off the field, and the O-line looked a lot better. I think the, the team was excited having Dawson Knox back, and, you know, it just shows you. We gave Josh Allen time. He was able to get busy. It was bombs away in MetLife yesterday. Yeah, and I was just about to say that. Welcome back, Spencer Brown. Maniac, he could turn into one hell of a steal. Yeah. Oh, my God, it's unbelievable what he can do on that offensive line. He looks like an absolute wrecking ball. And for yep. such a big guy, the thing that always surprises me is he has a ridiculous ability. Um, there was, I think it was cover one that showed it. Shout out to them. Uh, on the Breda second touchdown, he kind of veered to the right. Breda basically goes untouched. But Spencer Brown gets to the outside, and he th I think he squares up like a linebacker or a cornerback. And it's like, how can this guy get in the open field and square someone up at his size? But he does it, and clearly – the Bills have noticed this as a weapon. This isn't something that they're like, you know, they don't, they don't notice. Unlike using Breda, using Gabe Davis in the deep game, using Isaiah McKenzie on sweeps, which they were doing a lot yesterday, which a lot of fans have been clamoring for. But, yes, back to Brown. I mean, again, this is stability on the offensive line. And when you have stability on the offensive line, you have opportunity for JA-17. And when you have opportunity for JA-17, you know what happens? You get 13 yards an attempt. That's just ridiculous. Yeah, and how about Brady yesterday, Or Orlock? What, do you have eight, nine snaps? Two tutties. Yeah, no, man. And when, when we uh, when we signed him, I was excited because, you know, I know he came over. First he was with the 49ers and then uh, Miami. But he's always had, you know, game-breaking speed, and that's something that, you know, Morrison Singletary doesn't have. So I was wondering, you know, like why he was never active and he couldn't get any snaps. But now after yesterday's performance, he, he – he better get some more snaps. He better be in the lineup now because he has that game-breaking speed. Conspiracy theory, is, is McDermott and Co. just not a fan of number 22? I mean, T.J. Yeldon had a tough time finding the field last year, and now it's Brady. But, no, you love to see whatever they got to do to get that offense looking like it was yesterday, uh, absolutely what they have to do uh, going down the stretch run here. Um, again, and it goes back to that first-half domination. I was looking over some numbers. Um I think they basically, I tweeted it out earlier, they average winning the first half basically 15-6 to six across the whole season. And in the NFL, you win, you're winning by nine at halftime on average. You're going to win most of those games. So super excited to see that first half domination. 
Now, with that said, Warlock, you know, we're looking for something about this team that's going to let them get to the Super Bowl. With Tampa Bay, it was kind of having Brady and getting hot at the right time. Is this first half dominance going to be like our Super Bowl calling card potentially? I mean, we're looking at the Bills as Super Bowl favorites, so we're not speaking out of, out of turn here. I mean, I, I hope so, definitely. You know, if you can, you know, get up on teams, you know, in the first half, you're already winning, you know, half the game. So, you know, come second half, you just, you know, keep doing what you're doing, uh, you know, that you did in the first half and that, you know, get you to victory. But I think with this team, I mean, I definitely want to give a big shout out to the defense. The defense is incredible. I'm always excited seeing them on the field. So I think if the defense keeps playing like it's playing, I don't see why it shouldn't. And if the O-line... Without Tremaine, too, yesterday. How good did that feel, Warlock? To, like, you, you hate to not have Tremaine there because obviously he's been a beast and... A lot, there's a lot of underlying numbers and a lot of underlying details of this production that sometimes the casual fan gets upset about. But how nice was it to see that this lineup could function pretty pretty well and pretty stalwart without him? Yeah, I know. That that was definitely nice. But me, I actually, to be honest with you, you know, I was I was frustrated that Tremaine, you know, had his hamstring injury and couldn't play. But AJ Klein, I'm I'm very confident in AJ Klein. You know, when with with him in the lineup. You know, you you didn't really notice that Tremaine Edmonds wasn't out there. You know, AJ Klein was out there making plays left and right, and you know he's he's done that a time or two for for us. So um, I'll be glad when Tremaine gets back. But you know that just shows the depth that we have on his team. AJ was able to get busy yesterday. And how about Ed Oliver? I mean, he has been playing unbelievable too. I mean, you feel like this is the kind of player where other teams now you have to start scheming for this guy and preparing for Ed Oliver. He's someone who he is. He's low key. He's, he's tearing it up back there. Absolutely. It may not show up in the stat sheet, but he's, exactly. he's making plays left and right. You can see him blowing up plays while you're watching the game. So he's, he's balling and, and, and we needed that from him too. So yep. he's coming through for us. The McDermott Frazier defensive combination and credit to both of them, obviously is at their best when they have those, four to six defensive linemen that they can rotate through and get in and out. And yeah, they've had it for the most part this year. I think they liked a lot of what they saw from F.A. Obata yesterday. Um, it was nice to see him getting some burn. Um, and yeah, it was very exciting. Um, with that taken into account, um, you know, we're like, it's a little bit of a swerve because we've been talking about how happy we feel. Now, this is the nice thing, right? Is like last, last week, people are tearing their head out. How this team's not even going to make the playoffs. They'll be lucky to get the division. Again, not to say that any of that stuff is guaranteed because only one week, and it just shows what a week-to-week league it is. But with this win in mind, and again, you don't want to look past the win, but what is your biggest concern for this Bills team right now with the aspirations they have? My biggest concern, I think if we can stay healthy, I think we'll be good to go. That's how. That's how I feel. I think if... You know, no injuries. I think that's the only thing that can hurt us. Like, you know, God forbid we get injured on the O-line and, you know, we have what we had in Jacksonville, you know, a week ago. That's that's what can trip us up. I think other than injuries, I think we'll be good to go. That's my biggest concern, us staying healthy. Yeah, Warlock, that's exactly what I wrote down. Number one, pot- potential injuries for biggest obstacles to potentially go to a Super Bowl. Could not agree more. I'd say number two, not having home field. I yes. really think that's massive. 
Uh, I cannot believe that the Titans have gone have won these five straight games. With the Yesterday was big. Sadly, we 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 Vegas Vegas says quote unquote we needed we needed the uh, Titans to lose that game yesterday. Yeah, and if you guys, I know I'm not sure if you guys have looked at the Titans schedule. It's a joke. Yeah, um, no, they, there's absolutely no reason they should lose three games the rest of the way. That's what I'm saying. And now, but uh, the, Al Vegas still have them at eleven to one. No, I agree. That, well, so, that's so, a, what, yeah. so what's happening with these Titans? I mean, they're clearly world beaters. They've beaten the Rams. They've beaten the Bills. They've beaten the Chiefs. Um, Warlock, what's your take? Like, I mean, are you – right now, if I told you – I mean, because let's look at the trajectory. Let's just say the Bills aren't going to make up that two-and-a-half game deficit they have. Going with that, I mean, are you frightened at the prospect of Nashville AFC Championship? No, not at all, actually. Um, I, it's it's going to be hard to catch the Titans because, like you guys said, they got, like, two tough games left on the schedule, so it's going to be hard to catch them. But to be honest with you, out of, like, all the good teams in the AFC, you know, I feel most confident going back to Nashville as opposed to, you know, going to another stadium. So, yeah. I feel, you know, we can finish with the two seed. You know, we win our first two games. And in the AFC Championship, I'm very confident with the Bills going back to Tennessee and being able to beat them in their stadium. I do. I will have to agree with that. I feel like I'd almost rather want to go to Tennessee potentially without Henry than going to, like, KC again or – KC scares me. It's just like you look at them and you look at them last night. It's like at any time they like, you know, Kelsey just becomes uncoverable. Like, especially the way with with how the refs have been this year. I I mean, again, I don't mean to, I I always hate, like, I I would never use the refs as an excuse for why the Bills lost. And I try not to, but it's just a fact that inconsistency is running rampant around these officials this year in this league. And if you get a game where they're going to let them be a little bit more physical than they typically do, well, yeah, that works for Dawson Knox, but that works for one of the best players in the league of that, Travis Kelsey, clearing out that middle uh, and just getting those easy 10 to 12-yard yep. gains and obviously those checkdowns he was getting last night. Yeah, but hey, looks- let's bring in uh, a couple other people to discuss this. Uh, first, let's bring in our guy, Ty Bizzle, rocking the uh, UV background. Horns up. Obviously, we got a big week ahead for all of those programs. But Ty B, we're talking uh, Titans, or well, actually, we're talking AFC and, and the Bills here with Warlock. What's your biggest concern for this Bills team, and do the Titans as a as an AFC Championship opponent scare you? So I I think the thing the Bills have to be most worried about are are honestly themselves. It's staying healthy and figuring out you know your best formula for putting together wins. Are you going to really go out there every game even in big games and try and put up, you know, play this video game offense, you know, people like to call it where you're just going to throw the ball over and over and over and over again and if the run's not there, they're just not going to go to it ever. Um or are they going to get a little bit more physical? Are they going to develop some things with Singletary and Zach Moss, which I think they're going to need to and I think you're going to see Sean McDermott really trying uh, to push them to figure out offensively because winning games in the playoffs is a lot different. They know how to win in the playoffs now. So I'm not too worried about that. But looking at the Tennessee Titans, they do scare me a little bit, it, more in the fact that they seem to have a recipe to slow down the Bills' offense. And their defense, for whatever reason, always seems to step up against the Bills. They've been getting these key wins. Their numbers still haven't been that great. But whenever they play the Bills, they seem to have their best performances. So the Titans do scare me for that reason. But I still think all around the Bills are a better team. Isn't it funny? Like, in my opinion, well, so the Bills, like, 
their their 2020 and 2021 teams have been their best teams of the last four years. But the yeah. years they beat the Titans were 2018 and 2019 when they had worse teams. Like it's very interesting the way it's worked out. And yeah, low key over the last two years, the Titans have become a little bit of a rival of these Bills. So it would be very interesting to see that matchup. Speaking of AFC talk, let's get him in here. He's ready to atone for the sins of the gangrene. He's ready to answer for Fireman Ed's bullshit. Rob Ryan, what do you got to say for yourself? Mr. 45-17, you were looking for a little bit more out of Mike White. Yeah, I was. I really wanted to see what he really had. We saw the Bengals game. We saw how good he could be. But, I mean, I guess he showed yesterday that he is a backup. He's, I mean, maybe he can. Maybe he could bounce back if Zach Wilson's not back next week. He had four but, interceptions in five quarters before coming into the game yesterday. And Zach Wilson has, like, 11 in, like, 20 quarters. So, yeah, and he's a, he's technically a starter also. So, it. I'm just saying, like, just we, could see, okay. we could just see that – it was good. To, it's good to see that he isn't a really a starter because I did not like the QB controversy that we did have. If once Zach is back, Zach was the second overall pick. He can't be. We can't be losing him already in year one because That's of such a, a New York media cycle. Like, get this guy's jersey to Canton. I can't believe he wasn't drafted. We got like a lock here. Now a week later, up. Oh, nope. We got to make sure we don't have a QB you Glad he sucks. Glad he sucks. No, like I, I still love Mike White because like he did see you. He did show that he can execute in this offense. The Bills' defense is just out of this world, like different level, uh, good. So like that, you did see what happens when you do face someone. Had a really good defense. Like the Bengals, eh, I mean, they have a good defense, but they've shown the last few weeks that they've they're not top level, uh, top level stuff. And then the Colts, um, we only saw Mike White for one quarter, but so like we haven't really seen much from him. They were a lot of the media, a lot of New York Jets fans were really, even myself, myself included, I we were really high on Mike White just because of the one game. But you, it is true what everyone's saying. You have to see more than one game. You can't define if you're a starter after one game. So, I mean, he probably will start again next week. But I think after yesterday, there's no reason to not go back to your second overall pick. All right. And you, and real quick, you've been unbiased. And, and we've watched your Islanders go to back-to-back deep, champ, deep potential championship runs. With the Bills eyeing up a championship run here. Who do you think their biggest opponent is, either in the NFC or in the AFC? Um, I see. I know you heard you guys talk about the Titans, but they they're beat. They could be beat. You just saw the Jets. Yes, they were minus Julio and AJ, but Titans could be beat. You guys did beat the Chiefs, but like you guys said last night, that offense can go that they could be that any any week with Tatra Mahomes. So I still think it's the Chiefs, even though you guys did beat them a couple weeks ago. I don't I don't hate that pick for my bad. I mean Chiefs have seventh best odds right now, but second in the AFC. So this is very interesting. Al I don't know if you or Tybee, I don't know if you guys either you took a peek at uh took a peek at the creek, but it's just straight NFC teams down in slots six or two through six for Super Bowl odds. So that tells me, despite the Bills not necessarily gaining much in the ground from that win, they're they're really seeing that separation uh, as far as the talent is concerned. True. I mean, I'm, I did see that, and I, I wrote that down, but it's like almost, if you're looking at that as a, you know, as a casual better, not a Bills fan, there's, there's got to be some value in KC there. There's absolutely value. I mean, you're crazy <laughs> that, like, they can get out. But as a Bills fan, it makes me feel confident. It, it, it's yes. a flip side. As a gambler, yes. if I if I should my – it's like, yeah, 10 to 1, obviously. But makes me feel good as a Bills fan. Tybee, any thoughts? 
Yeah, I mean, this is like a wild card for what's potentially the Bills' biggest threat, and that might be what's left on their schedule. Uh, they have, what, one game against a team over 500? Are the Colts over 500? Or are they 5-4? Five and four, five, something five, like that? Five. five and 5, yeah. So only the uh, Buccaneers are above 500 on the rest of the schedule. So maybe the Jets are the Bills' biggest threat, and the fact that we could become complacent playing all these jabroni-ass teams that try to put spin zones on a 45-17 walloping. Take the Allen walk away. You guys do have the Patriots twice. That, that, that's still the yeah. biggest thing now. The Patriots have been gaining ground. Unfortunately, that Jaguars game is going to loom large right now because, uh, you know, yeah. with that, you would have had a two-game lead or a game and a half on the uh, Patriots and said you only have that basically half game. Mac Jones, Mac Jones is getting called better than Tom Brady at this point in his career by Ryan Clark Warlock. I know you got an opinion on that talking head. Yeah, man. I'm actually getting a little frustrated and annoyed with all this Patriots talking, crowning the Patriots, man. Like, the Bills, we won the division last year. This year, we've been in first wire to wire pretty much since the, you know, since like week two, week three, we've been in first place. And like, I'm not going to believe in it until they come in here and they beat us. Unless they beat us, I'm not believing in the Patriots. I mean, I know their defense is playing well and Mac Jones is playing well too, but I think we're the best team in the division. We're the best team in the AFC and they got to make me believers. Love to hear that. Sheesh. I'm ready to run through a wall right now with that set. Warlock, it's all about this next week. We're going to look ahead a little bit, though, and put your feet to the fire here on Trainwreck Tonight, sponsored by Outlet Liquor. Will the Bills go 2-0 between now and New England, between that New England matchup? Yes, we absolutely will. I'll be in Buffalo next week for the Colts game, and I'm heading down to New Orleans for Thanksgiving. I never travel on Thanksgiving, but I'm doing it this time to – party with Bills Mafia and, and the NOLA, so I can't wait for that. But yes, we'll be 2-0 to answer your question heading into New England. Yeah, because that's the thing. The, the Titans got through their tough stretch of four games. They went 4-0. I mean, this next four for the Bills is massive. Colts, Saints, Patriots, and then Bucks. And then is there any chance that Bucks game could get flexed? Or is that locked into that 425 time slot? They always talk about how, like, uh, get, like they reserve certain games. You gotta think uh, if who is who would it be? CBS because the Bills are the road team. You got to think that like Nance and Romo are probably on there. They're probably going to reserve it. Okay. But I am booked for Tampa, and I was anticipating a prime time potential for sure. That would be a Fox game if if they're in Tampa. I know the competitive game, like the the, the game in the slot right now, like obviously is a worser game. So that's not a question. Yeah, the Sunday night game of the Bucks Bills game is uh, Packers Bears. So if the Bears are out of it, yeah. That could get flexed. Depends how Fields is looking. Obviously, if there's if he buys some hype there with Rodgers, they might keep it. But sure. but I, I think I think whoever owns the rights to that game, I don't think they're gonna let the NFL move that game. Yeah. Like they're gonna lock that in for that four twenty five kickoff. I don't I don't see it oh. being flexed to Sunday night. I don't think the network will let that game be moved. My opinion. Warlock, are you going to Tampa? I'm not sure. I might. You going? I am not, but Maniac just said he was. Or That's is. basically a yes from Warlock, unless he has some kind of like obligation or yeah, like no, he's needed I, in another area code. I went when you asked me beforehand, I say I'm not sure, and then like the week of the game come and I end up in the damn stadium. 
Your your two minute warning for making the trip is like the the Sunday before because like in the middle of the week, uh, Warlock can just make that call. He's making a list, checking it twice. He's gonna give away some tickets at no price. Warlock Claus is coming to town. Good. Guy, Ty being Maniac, I know you guys remember when we're sitting in our seats of the UB game where we could see Warlock with the U-Haul truck in the UB end zone. Unbelievable. <laughs> the guy was backing it right up into alumni. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, that was awesome. Seriously, great times and many great times, hopefully in the future. Yeah, Warlock. I mean, you gotta get to Tampa, man. Uh we will we will I'll just gonna assume I will see you there, but I will definitely see you this weekend. Where are you going to be tailgating in Indianapolis or for the Bills game? Colts. Um, wherever you tailgating at, just uh, shoot me a text. I'll link up with you. Okay. All right. We're going to be all around, but I will see you, Warlock. Warlock, we're going to get talking some savers and some UB, so we don't want to uh, take you too far out of your element. But thank you very much, sir, for coming on and talking Bills with us as always. All right. Thanks for having me on, brother. Shoot me a text. I'll see you Sunday. Appreciate see you, Warlock. You. Follow him on Twitter, folks, at Warlock6. It's a must-follow for the Bills as they head down this stretch. I mean, there's really no option. It's something you should absolutely do. Kind of like ordering up some Picasso's. Pick up Picasso's tonight. Order online at picassospizza.net. Picassopizza.net. I love that ad. It's pretty it's pretty sensual. Can we talk about Rock Room yesterday? Yeah. What do you want to talk about? I'll answer any question. I'm just so so pissed I missed it, obviously. It looked like an unbelievable time. And I can't believe you guys at Rec Room duped their own group chat with the Derek Roy post. So damn fun. I mean, you got slick Elbing like, yo, was that? Derek, like, like, literally not knowing that you knew. Some, something then, happened. I, for, I forget what it was, but I got taken away, and, and we were posting it, and we had it, obviously, and we knew the situation. First off, amazing that they scored right in the middle of the interview. Like, that, that yeah. kind of made it, like, prime. But then we're, like, doing it, and we're, like, should we go over? And I'm, like, it'll probably be funnier if we just, like, show who it is, but we don't, like, pre- like we pretend like we don't. Uh, and then, obviously, it was just, like, dynamite. Yeah, yeah. and then, like, like, two hours later in the group chat, yeah, him and Kanzi were conspiring, and they're like, Kanzi just goes, I don't know, just say Sabres fan Derek. Yeah, Sabres fan Derek, or Bills fan Derek was the Bills perfect way to uh, put it. That works. He was having a great time there with his friend Nancy. A great time at Rocker. I mean, my goodness. When the Bills are are not losing heartbreaking games at the last second for that 10 to 15 minute period, let's face it, even those games where they did, just an amazing time every week. And, and the block parties, of course, even for a cold 38-degree day, people were showing out, and it was rocking, as you saw in the uh, video we posted last night. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's 100% the place to be. They're selling out everything at 1 o'clock games, 14-point favorites. Yeah, you, you didn't see that two years ago. Seriously. it was. I mean, Chippewa was a, a ghost town. Shout-out to all the business owners for kind of changing the narrative of what Chippewa is, right? Like, it's like when we were growing up, it was just a place you go get, like, sloshered at, like, you know, 3 a.m. I mean – now, is it still that option? Do you yes. still have that after a Sabres game? Of course. But concerts, performances, drinking outings, bar crawls, they're doing it all on Chippewa. So shout out to them and shout out to the awesome time that the Rec Room Block Parties have been. Was the drummer there? Oh, of mm-hmm. course. Okay. And like when he hits, like when a song starts going and he's playing along with the song, it, it is sick. It's great. 
Rob, you ever get bottle service at Rec Room or anything with us? I have not, but I have been to Chippewa many times, and that that place, that street is popping at any time of the day. I can't even imagine on Bill Sundays how electric it is. It is pretty crazy. What? Yeah, I mean, there's literally no environment like it when the Bills are just mollywopping someone, and the, yes, you turn the TV sound off at that at that point, and then it's just constant music. And then Biako steps back up to the drums and everyone just literally, it turns into a literal party at 3 PM on a Sunday on Chippewa and everyone's buying drinks, buying shots. Like there is nowhere else you would rather be than that because that is unbelievable experience. It's all positive vibes. Like no one's pushing, no one's getting into fights, nothing. It's just all happiness. Everyone's hugging and celebrating. It's great. We'll get to our other Buffalo sports team here in a second, but yeah, great time. Obviously this past weekend, and the other thing you can't put a price on, we talk about it every week, when there's a penalty on the other team, Biako, the house DJ, plays the law and order, like, dun-dun, like, noise. like, And it's just hysterical. And it makes you feel, like, that much more passionate, that much more excited about yeah, a penalty. It's just that, – that speaks to the rec room environment. It just does that much more. But speaking of doing that much more, the Sabres were looking to do that and maybe a Canadian sweep, but they couldn't do it against the Leafs. They were able to take care of McDavid and co., Ty B, I mean, this Sabres team, it's like, they're kind of like leading you on, but you know what they are, but they're still finding ways to lead you on at this point. They're still hovering above 500 when you don't count the OTLs. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of what we expected from them um, the the past week and a half where you're going to be in a lot of these games, but you're going to lose, especially on the road, but you're going to be a lot lot better at, at home because you're able to match up a lot better. You're able to get uh, the home home advantage for the line changes, which I think is a really, really big thing for them just because they don't have as much veteran depth. So when you're trying to match up with the first line, <clears throat> a lot of nights you're going to get outworked, um, especially on the road. So um, once they get some of the you know guys back from injury in Casey Middlestad, Yoki Haru, and then you get the debut from Alex Tuck, I think you know that changes a little bit. You start filling out. You start having some real depth, especially at that center position if Tage Thompson is staying there. And middle staff figures it out. Tuck can slot in, you know, at center or on the wing. But this is what we expected and what we've seen from them over the past few seasons where they have, you know, a decent start to the year, but teams sort of adjust quickly and stop them from doing those two or three things that seem to be really, really helping them. But um, the one thing where they were really excelling is getting some high danger chances. They're still trying to do it, not at the same rate they were early on in the season where it was like 25% of their chances, but they're still getting enough, uh, enough looks and it's still exciting enough hockey, but they're not going to win a ton of games. I don't think unless they're at home, you're going to see them getting a lot of loser points though. I think, especially, you know, in, in games in Buffalo where they're just clawing around with teams that are probably way more talented. It'll be interesting to see if that Sabres plus one and a half is free money throughout the year, especially with how poopy the goaltending is. I think it will I wonder, be. I wonder if they'll be able to hang on for those situations. That's the thing for me is we saw, especially early on in the season, you were seeing the, the backup goalies like you have seen in, in previous seasons. Like um, even the Edmonton game, you saw Stuart Skinner. It was the second game of the season. I don't even know if – Al, did you know Stuart Skinner was a goalie in the NHL? Like – I mean, not gonna, some of not gonna lie. Guys, the Sabres have faced the past few seasons. It's like you know their debuts, and, you know they're getting called up and whatever, and they're spot gapping and just filling in for starts. And teams could still rely on it because the Sabres have been so bad. But I think they're taking advantage of those opportunities a little bit more this year. Which um, you saw some teams start to put their starters in, and now they're going back against it. So 
it'll be interesting to see how seriously other teams take them. And I think that'll be a big thing, whether they're like a 70 point team or potentially an 80 point team. Yeah. Cause we always talk about how, you know, the bills get up for the Jags, you know what I mean? And, and games like that, it's gotta be tough for teams, you know, say like a, a, a you know, a lightning, a Vegas, a Florida coming to Buffalo you know, cold winter night, like playing the Sabres. They don't want to, you know what I mean? They're, they're probably be minus 250. They don't want to be there. So, yeah, I do like, I think the plus one and a half is actually a great angle on the Sabres going into for the rest of the season. I would love to monitor it going forward. And we're going to yeah. get to, we're going to get to some UB talk in a second, but he's put in his time. He's ready to shine. Rob, give us 35 seconds of your best Islander talk. You know, it's been rough, but Saturday night at 7 30 UBS arena opens. It's going to be electric. I just got the lineup for tonight. It's pretty odd. We got Ollie Wally on the fourth line. I don't know what Barry Trotz is doing right now, but I'm going to trust him. We're in a rut. We're in a rut right now, but it's all about Saturday at 7:30 when the future of the Isles, where we win a cup UBS arena opens. Hey, hey, Rob, all you said when I was talking to you and Dewey, you guys just said finish above 500, the first 13 games. That's all right? that matters. That's- so you got to split these next two against two of the top teams in the East with the Lightning tonight, Panthers tomorrow. You split. You did what you had to do. 13 games on the road to start the season above 500. And I don't like your attitude. Well, your attitude's been okay. But Dewey's been <laughs> Dewey Dewey has pissed. been straight busy. He's so busy. He's like a kid who ran into his room and he doesn't want to talk to anybody. Dewey does that every year. Every year I get texts from him saying, we suck, blah, 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 hot garbage. But we're just not, especially this year, we're not a road team. We're a home team, and we haven't played a single game at home. If we could be above 500 after 13 of 42 road games. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. on. Uh Uh-oh. The Islanders have had how many home games? Zero. How are they a home team? No, I'm saying we're better at home. So I'm saying. How do you know if they're going to play better at home? If they have the best home team in the league the last two years. Come on. It's a new arena. Oh, that is true. It's a new arena, but like it's like it's the never fans. Even it's there. not, never Dewey, even it's not it's Dewey's Barclays, that's for sure. But it's like not the Barclays home atmosphere I'm talking about. It's they play better in front of their fans. Barclays. There's not a car in the corner. Dewey, Dewey does love the Barclays. Maybe so there's a car in the corner at UBS. We don't know yet. It hasn't are opened. You, are you guys going Saturday? Uh, Dewey is. I'm not. Okay. Is it what's Dewey? Is Dewey going with his hard hat to do the last couple minutes of construction? I guess so. I don't know. I guess we'll find out with his video on Saturday, what he's doing there. Okay. Well, hey. Wednesday? What? Are you going to AEW next Wednesday there? I uh, haven't decided yet. Oh, wait. I next did. Wednesday. I won't be home. I cannot. Rob is on a mission to see how many like events that are going on near him he cannot go to and be like, oh, I wish I had gone to that. You already did it with the U.S. Open when AEW is there, but... Speaking of big events coming up, we obviously have a big week for uh, UB basketball. We don't. We we'll get into uh, obviously Wednesday's football game in a second, but a uh, big week for the men starting tonight against North Texas. Yeah, what do we got, Ty B? The lines UB minus one. If you're a, get a better, you love the way the lines go for UB. They were minus one, then they were plus one and a half. Let's see what it is now. I mean. North Texas was a very good team last season. They did win the CUSA tournament. Like, that's not super surprising that the Bulls aren't favored. Yeah, it's still one and a half. Um, 
but they did North Texas did lose both of their top scorers. And you look at UB's roster, they returned three guys scoring over 13 points per game. I like UB in that matchup, even going on the road into North Texas. Really weird arena. They call it like the pit. It's all one big sort of like Roman yes. costume style. Uh, they, they played there last year for the NIT, right? I think they might. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It might. Have, I don't remember where. It was. I, I thought but, you said UB played there last year for the NIT. No, like, UB what? played there for the NIT. They might. They might have played there, but either way, North Texas was in the actual tournament, so I don't yeah. know. Um, yeah, Are they've you been. Sure you're not thinking Texas. of the TBT. <laughs> that was in Ohio, but um, yeah, I mean, with North Texas, yeah, they they won the CUSA regular season in 2020, didn't win the tournament, got back to the tournament last season. So yeah, they're they're a solid team. They're you know well coached. And, you know, UB put on an actual pretty pretty impressive performance against Michigan. Michigan jumped up to number four in the standings, and it's no uh, surprise after you saw how some of those youngsters played for them um, on top of what Hunter Dickinson was able to do. He's probably the best big man in the country. So don't take too much away from what happened down low with UB, giving up a lot of rebounds. I think you're going to see tonight where they're back to that team that they were last year where they're out-rebounding the hell out of everyone. And uh, getting a whole bunch of uh, a lot of hustle boards, a lot of extra extra looks that you know teams shouldn't be getting, but UB is going to get some extra ones, and that'll hopefully make up for their bad shooting. <laughs> and we don't see any more guys going like one of ten from three point. Put the red light up. Mbala is obviously the big name, but it felt like the momentum against Michigan shifted when Skog Daddy got going on the defensive yeah. end. He felt more disruptive, a little bit more active. And they weren't able to just throw it in and just straight dictate what yeah, was going Stogman, on, which was the issue. Stogman's a bit taller than um, Mbala, not by much, but a few more inches. And, like, he's really starting to fill into his body. I think he was listed at, like, 237, like almost 240 this year. So he's filling in to be, a, like, a true 6'10", 6'11", center, which could be truly dominant in the MAC in the next two seasons with, you know, this the type of size in this conference because Stogman's a guy who can shoot too. So if he can develop – um, a true post game and a down low game to where UB can contend with guys like Hunter Dickinson, who are the top big men in the entire country, then you have a team that can yeah, win yeah. games and string together a few wins in the NCAA tournament. If they get there, keys to get there. I think Mbala is going to have a big bounce back performance here tonight. Um, when he doesn't play guys like Hunter Dickinson, you saw what he did at the end of the Mac season last year in the, in the tournament where he put up a Mac record, I think it was 50, rebounds in the tournament he had 20 rebounds in one game 18 in another he was just an absolute freak i think we're going to see a lot more of that um in the next coming weeks here getting before we get into conference play the four-letter anagram or whatever for north texas's first opponent was okch l do you know who that was oh oklahoma chapel hill very close oklahoma christian eagles um okay they put up a decent fight they, they basically lost each half 42 27 they lost the first half 42 27 to north texas the second half is 42 26 name wise it looks like uh north texas has a pretty balanced attack and then i look at this guy uh T tyler perry but it's tyler with an o tyler perry coming off the bench got up 10 shots in this game which was more than every starter except one. So it looks like this guy's going to be someone to look out for coming off the bench. They did shoot 55% from the floor, so North Texas looks like he could shoot it. 
But they let Oklahoma Christian, no offense to Oklahoma Christian, shoot 42%. So, I mean, I feel like that's opportunity for the Bulls to come in and have a good offensive performance, get going on that end. Uh, You know, I think the Bulls, I think we looked at, you know, statistically, except for some bad uh, outside shooting primarily early in the game, they basically dictated play in Michigan, right? They were like 48% shooting from the field minus one certain player, and I'm not going to name names. Okay. Well, hey, MJ, MJ will rise. But uh, and guys, and look, got, I'm looking ahead. I know I shouldn't be looking ahead this far. Give me the St. Bonaventure. That UB game is going to be awesome. I can't wait for that game. I'm, I remember last time out, you were fighting people there. You're ready to go. You're ready to go to Olean. Oh, it's a tough, tough environment. I actually had um, one of my guys. I know Tybee knows him. Uh, Eric Minivan was actually at St. Bonaventure Canisius yesterday. And he said those students at Bonaventure have not changed a bit. They stop are- at Applebee's? What did he say? Did he stop at Applebee's? He did not mention Applebee's on this trip, but he said, they're, once again, their fans are brutal with name calling and stuff, going after players and coaches of Kenesha. So, I mean, you know they're going to double that for UB. So I guess I'm the not- president's letter didn't work. Well, I don't, I don't know if you read uh, the media guide for St. Bonaventure basketball the other day, but I was taking a look in it the other day. And they have like a big graphic. It's like a full page graphic about how they're like top five scariest environments in college basketball. Like one of the ESPN guys said it or something. And like they have the quote in there. And there's a whole graphic for it. The idea of traveling to Olean is kind of scary. I mean, Olean is extremely scary. Is it in Allegheny County? I don't know. Either way, it's close enough to Allegheny County. Allegheny County, poorest uh, county in New York State per capita also lowest vaccination rates, also lowest education rates. So it's not really all that surprising that Olean is a very scary place. Shout out Rob Ryan, Olean, baby. Olean. I don't care how I pronounce it. They were, they were running, they were running. Oh, don't tell, don't tell D fair that with the uh, women having South Carolina this Saturday, there's not going to be any looking ahead for the women. No. The, the matchup against number one, South Carolina, that'll be very interesting to go. Uh, Rob, I mean, are we like getting like emotionally invested in a matchup against South Carolina or what are we looking for there? I mean, I don't, I'm not going in anything and big host, but I'm just seeing, I want to see how this team fares with a, I get it fair, uh, fares with a team at that level because this, but just like the men, the women's have high aspirations to go to the tournament also. And depending on what seed they are, they're going to be playing at that like, type of level team like we played UConn in the second round a couple years ago that's that type of level team and I want to see Deja Fair has not played a team like this yet I want to see how she fares against the the top top level of women's basketball pun intended but yes December 4th UB at Bonaventure can't get here soon enough I mean we got to take like a party bus to that game or something we'll draw something up I think that'd be yeah I think it's uh, that'd be a great idea That'd be great. That would I think be they're great. sold out already, though, too. So got to figure out a way to get tickets. I might be well, at my cabin, so I might just, you know, swing down 86. There we go. Folks, we've been talking about free money on this channel, on this network for months and years. A certain consultant of UB said we had some on the horizon this Wednesday as Northern Illinois will be basically a pick at UB with the MAC tournament on or MAC uh, championship on the line. Love that thread today that we, when we were talking. It makes me want to take UB. Absolute, that there's nothing more than that talk that makes me think that UB is an absolute lock. I see UB 21-10 at half, absolutely gouging them. Uh, maybe like a costly Northern Illinois turnover. Mo gets the, gets the team fired up now that 
now that they kind of stopped playing head games on where they're at. Yeah, and what was the weather forecast? Uh, windy and rainy, according to uh, meteorologist rain. B. Weatherman Ty B here. Uh, yeah, we got rain throughout the western New York region. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a little bit of everything. No, it should be raining throughout um, all of the day. going to be like mid-50s during the day. But obviously, night game, temperature not going to drop a ton. Still mid-40s, but rainy most of the evening as well with sustained winds 15, 20 miles per hour. And we know what the wind does in that stadium because it usually comes in where the um, the team locker rooms and all that area is where you go underneath the stadium in that corner and it comes in through the field and it blows right down and creates a huge wind tunnel. Makes things very hard because a lot of times it doesn't go directly across the, or down the field. It goes across it diagonally, which makes kicks and throwing extremely, extremely hard for them. So we'll see how much that factors into it. And that's why all of us were kind of like, is going to favor you be in their running game? <laughs> like everything is like, yeah, you should take Northern Illinois, but then you look at the weather and you look at it and you're like. Just plain and simple. There's no debating. John, yep. John Public is walking to the kiosk tomorrow and seeing Northern Illinois or whatever, 7-1, and one, you be with their record and a pick them, and they're thinking they got free money. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. National TV, everything. Yep. It's going to work out great. Okay. All right. Very interesting to see. Well, hey, boys, thanks for joining along on this ride. Sorry, what did you say? Wish we could bet on it. Yeah, seriously. Can't can't walk, can't quite walk up to a kiosk on that one. But hey, uh, any shout outs or uh before we sign off here, shout out Coach Jack got the jersey uh number raised to the rafters this past week. That's pretty exciting. First woman in yep. in uh, Syracuse history for that. Yep. Um, so shout out her. Shout out Coach B. One of the top recruiters in the nation, number three ranked class for Alabama. I mean, what's Oates to win a national title in the next five years? Well, let's see. If you extrapolate 20 to one at five times, it probably lowers it. I mean, math would lower it to four to one if you just five times it, but probably less like two plus 250. Yeah. And at plus 250, that's not like that great value. <laughs> no. Like, will right. he ever be a favorite in a championship game? Because that would be like basically what he would need to be. It's like it's like my Djokovic US Open bet. He literally wasn't a better line until the final. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that'll happen. Um, I'll give a shout out here. Shout out to uh, Dwayne. He's got EJ Heratic coming on the podcast later on. Um, some more big guests lined up for two goalies. One Mike over the next few weeks, but. EJ Hradick from NHL.com, NHL Network. He'll be talk, coming on talking the Eichel trade and a bunch of other things going on around the league. So that should be a lot of fun, a lot of good information there. Shout out to Rob Ryan's camera. It looks like he's in black and white. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> what is happening? I, I keep seeing it. and it's, Bro, you got your black and white right now. I don't know. I'm using like my work computer because I didn't feel like getting my other laptop. And it, this camera on my work computer is just garbage. Okay. He lives in a world without color. Shout out to Rob Ryan's work computer. Rob, what do you got tonight? Prediction. Uh, for UB or for Islanders? Both. Islanders, I think they're going to get redemption. It's a weird lineup, but, like, I mean, it's Barry Trotz. He knows what he's doing. So I'm going to go three, two aisles in overtime. So the Dart loses Bulls, its fifth in a row. What? Dart loses its fifth in a row. Yes. Okay. I, uh, I didn't like the over on that. Um. And then for UB, I'm going to go 86 to 78 UB. Wow. Okay. High scoring. We're seeing some points. 20 from Jack. 
after the after the whipping he got from his mother, he's he's putting up thirty. I mean, you have to think that he does not want like this is all my thinking. We know Coach Jack. We know that nobody would want to go back to that household after another poor performance. So like the proof is in the pudding. We, we've seen it firsthand. I wouldn't want to face her after letting her down like that, especially yeah. two, two straight times. Mm-mm, couldn't yeah. be. And it was her. And it was her day. Someone won't be coming so. home tonight if that's yeah. the case. Yeah, and you Jack. saw her addressing the team the other day, getting a laugh. I bet you she was cracking a joke, talking about how she had to, you know, beat her son or you know do whatever, had to make him do extra chores when he got home. And the team, you know, got a quick laugh in, and you know, they hopefully they moved on. Hopefully, he moved on as well, and he's gonna be splashing some threes. He won't yep. be seeing his mother until after she leaves for uh, the Bahamas. <laughs> Facts: a thousand to one on Bama to win the title. Al? Wait, what? Didn't you get with that with your parlay this past weekend? Oh, yeah, I did get a thousand. <laughs> Hit three out of four golf tournaments. Like with opening odds, which I haven't done ever in my gambling history, so I'm I'm pretty 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 pumped. That was sick to see. We got, and hey, we got two 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 tournaments this week. We got Dubai Classic, and then we got the RSM. So that is golf, literally twenty four seven Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Because you get like the weird Dubai times, like two yeah. a.m. Prime time golf is sick. It's yeah, absolutely you got, sick. You got Morikawa, McIlroy. Yeah. We got some great golfers in Dubai. Dubai would be sick to play in. Damn. What's first place for the Dubai Classic or the Dubai Open? Like, what do you win? Or I was wondering what the purse was. No, I know. I I honestly, I no. I'm just just worried about my purse. (laughs) Okay, the prize fund is nine million. I thought first place was nine million for a second. I almost had a breakdown. Yeah, that'd be amazing. All right. Well, hey, we looked into Al's crystal ball there with his a thousand to one. Shout out to everyone uh, tuning in, everyone on uh, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, SoundCloud, Spotify, Instagram. Big night of sports ahead. The 7 o'clocks are just about to get underway. Make sure you're tuning in to Degenerate Danger Zone all week, as well as bullet points for that Bulls coverage. Uh, You know, you just don't get that bull run anywhere else. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to you. Have a great rest of your night. Make sure you get Picasso's. Make sure you get out the liquor, because it will always be a good Good night. night. No. no.